Hello in TV land. My name is Sebastian Rekohoff. And my name is Rowan Wood, and this is Across the Stars, where if it's Star Wars, we, we cover, cover it. it. So Sebastian, would you mind telling the, uh, the viewers and listeners out there what we're going to be talking about today? Well, today we are doing our first review and you know we're gonna essentially we're just gonna be talking all about the phantom menace everything you see in the movie it's all we took a couple notes here and we're just, just, just a couple them. yeah <laughs> yeah no just a few six pages it's not it's not a whole lot um and we will uh we're basically gonna talk about phantom menace today everything about it literally everything about the phantom menace um so i am going to be uh going through the plot and as I go through the plot of the film, uh, Sebastian and I are going to be giving our notes and our thoughts on uh, the events, the plot, as it progresses. And then at the end, we'll just talk about the movie as a whole, uh, some extras, deleted scenes. And uh, yeah, today is 100% Phantom Menace Day. Um, so, uh, the opening crawl for this one, before we even jump in into the action. And actually, even before the opening crawl, there's something I wanted to bring up. Um, so there was the there was the, the 20th Century Fox logo at the start. Um, and I just find that interesting because Fox handled distribution for the original trilogy and the prequels. And I find mm -hmm. that very interesting because now Disney owns all of Star Wars. Before, when they didn't own Fox, they didn't, like, they couldn't release... Like, you know, like the original, original cuts of these movies, mm -hmm. because that was, they were technically owned by Fox. And so, uh, but now they can. Now Disney owns everything Star Wars, which I just find very, very interesting. They have a full monopoly on Star Wars now. Did I, ho I hope they add the original, like, cuts to uh, Disney yeah. Plus at some point, because me. All right. Anyway. Um... So, so you keep... yeah, so the opening crawl, I think we all know um, the most infamous part of this opening crawl. As I was rewatching it, I could practically hear the groans of fans at the mention of taxation and trade routes, because... Yeah, that's, that's my first note here, is we went from uh, blowing up planets and all that to taxation of Naboo. <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's just what this movie is gonna be remembered for unfortunately because mm -hmm. it's the first thing they throw at you so it's like like this and darth maul are the one thing that this darth maul and i guess racial stereotypes are the are the, are the three things that this movie is going to be rem remembered for which is a shame um but <laughs> yeah um so also in the opening crawl, so it says Supreme Chancellor Valorum dispatched uh, two Jedi to be negotiators. Um, so I was wondering, is the Supreme Chancellor powerful enough to order around the Jedi? Or did he have to like go to the council, consult with them, say, hey, this is my plan, have the council agree? I mean, I think you see it, in, you see it later on... Um, the when Palpatine's chancellor, the, you know, like he's talking to the Jedi and he sort of wants them to do stuff, especially in Episode Three with with Anakin. Mm -hmm. You know, he he sort of tries to tell them what to do with him, and they they clearly don't need to obey his orders. But I think 
they try to when they think it lines up. I, don't I think they try to when they think it'll be beneficial for the Republic as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, so the uh, the two Jedi, of course, Obi Wan Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn, arrive on board the Federation flagship, the droid control ship, which is creating a, a blockade of Naboo. Um, now, as the ship is landing, one of the first parts of the Trade Federation you see are the um, the vulture droids and the battle droids that are waiting in the main hangar. And you know, say what you will about this movie and the prequels. The droid CGI and effects are pretty good. I think I know. they I, really do. I had the, I had that noted down, not specifically for this scene, but like mm-hmm. later on, there are a couple scenes where obviously like the green screen is very noticeable, yeah. or you know, especially if you look at the deleted scenes, because obviously they're not finished yet. The CGI course, is pretty yeah. funny, but it like the droids. If you're watching it, it holds up yeah. very well. Um, Especially for the time. I think it was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I noted here, I think uh, I think I noted this down when they were showing the Sidious uh, hologram, mm-hmm. was that it's really strange to think about just Palpatine not being Chancellor yet. Yeah. Like, he's still the super powerful Sith Lord, but he's not, you know, he's not Chancellor yet. He's just like some random... Naboo senator. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I mean, it's it's interesting to see him with only half the power that he later Mm -hmm. has. You know, as this Dark Lord of the Sith, that's half of it. But also having command of the Republic as the Supreme Chancellor and later Emperor, Mm -hmm. it's just interesting to see him before that. And I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of the Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. We get to see the early sort of like the early phases of everyone's life, you know, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Mm -hmm. and Palpatine. And I just think that's, was one of the strengths of the prequels showing us how these characters, how these characters needed to grow before they became Mm -hmm. who they are in the original trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, 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 no, 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 you go, you go. Okay. Um, Another thing that I noticed is you, you sort of notice it right off the bat and it's a recurring thing in the prequels, but Compared to the original trilogy, it's a lot more, um, I don't know how to, the, how to phrase this, so I just wrote Jedi-focused. Like, you know, you get to see a whole new side of the, like, in the original trilogy, there are these sort of mysterious warriors, and there are very few of them, right? You only see three. And then, all of a sudden, there are, like, hundreds of them, and it's pretty, it's really cool. I yeah. like it. Yeah, that's definitely another strength um, of, of the prequels. Um, so, uh, Trade Federation Viceroy New Gunray, um, who we'll talk about in a second, um, sends a, um, a protocol droid, TC-14, uh, into the Jedi chambers. And I, uh, I, so I did this thing while I was watching, I, I did some research sort of while I was watching mm-hmm. into um, celebrity cameos like well-known actor cameos in in the prequels and so i found a bunch of them for the phantom menace so i'll sort of mention them throughout this yeah. um so tc14 um is played by Lindsay duncan who is a british actress she was in hbo's rome which i saw ha- like the first season of she was in doctor who 
um, and she was in this is this next her so this is really obscure, but she was in the original cast for a British play that I read last year in English class called Top Girls. And I just, I just find that really, really strange that, and, and like strange coincidence. But uh, yeah, so that's Lindsay Duncan cameoing as TC14 in these few scenes. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Newt Gunray uh, and his number two. Is it Rune Hacko? Who's his number two here? Or is it the I other one so. that Sidious is like, I don't want to see that stunted slime in my sight again. Because I think... Rune Hack is the one who, who who sticks with him throughout these three movies. Um, yeah. But then there was another one his, whose name I think his Hacko. number two at first is the is the first one. Yeah, but is the, the other name? one. What's his name though? It's gonna bug I have a character in, I have a character encyclopedia, I can look for it later. Yeah. Um but yeah, so um, it may be Dolte Dofi. That's I'm, the I'm name. Looking... That's the name. Yeah, that name is much, much harder to remember than any yeah. of these other ones. Um, so the so we have to address the Nemoidians, who are quite obviously Japanese-Asian stereotypes. stereotypes. Yeah, no, um, it, like from the accents. Yeah, uh, it, yeah no, it's... Anyway, um, yeah. I, I just want to also bring up that Newt Gun... At least in the first scene, Newt Gunray's mouth barely moves when he talks. Yeah, no, it's very, like, <laughs> stiff. It, yeah. It's... Yeah. Was he... he... Yeah, no, okay. It gets, yeah, it, it gets yeah. better later, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is definitely one of the earlier uh, puppets that Star Wars makes use of. Um... So, like uh, like okay. like animatronics, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another thing I was wondering is so Dioxus gets vented into the room they're in. Oh yeah. Right? I'm not sure how they survive that one. Yeah. I I, they, I, I had that they completely too. gloss over how they survive. Like, the did they Dioxus. hold their they breath? Just, because I don't think that's how it works. Like I, I don't I I don't know. Because if you just, could just hold just, your if you could just hold your breath, then what's the point of pumping poison in there, right? I, dude, it's, I can't make heads or tails <laughs> while they survive that. You just see their lightsabers light up and yeah. Oh, it's just um, before. So right when the poison starts venting in and Qui Gon jumps up, I notice this. He sort of bumps into the protocol droid TC fourteen, and she sort of says, "Oh, sorry." As, as he bumps into her, I just because I had subtitles on, so I could see that, and I just thought that that was, I just thought that that was really funny, um, but yeah, um, but right before they pump the poison in the dioxys, um, I just want to point out how Ian McDermott he makes like like he first appears as Palpatine, and I just want to give a little shout out to him because he's the only consistently good part of this trilogy, like the like the one uh, that stays amazing throughout all three movies. Do you have a different opinion? I would say Ewan McGregor. Uh, okay, so Ewan I have I, I have a problem with movies. Ewan McGregor in half of this movie. I'll talk about him more later, but his acting just is kind of flat sometimes. Um, and uh, But, like, I think he's finding his footing and he finds it by the end of this movie, but mm-hmm. I think he's, he's much better in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I will, like, his, his, um, in the later movies, I think it's more obvious, but I think that's because he's playing, like, a, 
it, he's essentially playing like an almost entirely different Obi Wan. Yeah, you know that's true. Um, so <laughs> I also want to bring up so when the uh, the viceroy sends up uh, droidicas to take out Qui Gon and Obi Wan. And, and and but obviously the droidicas are too much for them, so they so they jump away. So Quiet's like, we gotta go this way, and then they like, they sort of like, zip super fast away from the from the door. But it's the CG is so bad because one time oh, yeah, one time no they're way. there. I have that written down here. They just go. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's it's just it's it's just awful. Um, like I know that I know that the Jedi can like go super fast. Yeah, um, that's that is a force ability, but it just <laughs> it looks so bad. It looks so. Bad. Oh my god! <laughs> so then, um, um, another thing I wanted to point yeah. out uh, was I love Obi Wan's consistent sarcasm uh, throughout this movie and yeah. throughout the trilogy as well. I just. I love his what is known as Obi Wan liners. They're <laughs> quite outstanding. Yeah, you were right, Master. The negotiations were short. Were short. Anyway, um, so also in 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 that scene, I have this note. So Qui Gon's like, "Let's stow away on separate ships," which at first glance would seem like a good idea, right? But mm. what if the ships landed on the on other sides of the planet? What happens then? Are they gonna like take several days to go across? To like meet. See, I was thinking about that. That is, I think that is what happened because they had to go through the planet's core. Yeah. Yeah, to I, get to. I, uh, I assume you would only do if you're literally on the complete opposite side <laughs> of the planet. Yeah. But then, <clears throat> but then later they walk to the Gungan city from yeah. the city. From the yeah. from the Naboo city. Oh wait! So, the geography of Naboo is something yeah, we're not going to dwell on. <laughs> Small um, planet. Yeah. Like, if they can get from Thede to to, to Gunga City, then yeah. Um, so, uh, before they land on the planet, Queen Amidala contacts Newt Gunray and says, "Oh, yeah. you're not going to get away with this." Um, so, Queen Amidala, at least the decoy here is played by Kira Knightley um, in, I believe, one of her first acting roles. And so she was 14 years old when she did this. Um, but I it will be the one to say this. Her acting is shit. Um, she's she's yeah, so flat. She's so emotionless. I think, uh, yeah, both her and um, more noticeably her, but also uh, Padme, Natalie Portman is... Uh, yeah. Also pretty flat, I think. Um, another thing, since we're talking about the contact there, that mirror thing that she appears on, and yeah. we never, yeah, like, like ever <laughs> see it. It looks better than a hologram. Exactly. But, and like, uh, but, but like, how how was she contacting them? Think, yeah, like, I didn't see one of those. Exactly. Exactly. Like, were they like? Did they look like a hologram to her? In which, like, like because I know Palpatine contacted them in a hologram in the throne room that was right in front of her throne. So mm-hmm. maybe they, uh, Gunray and Hacko looked like holograms to her. But in which case, why wasn't she a hologram to them? 
Who knows? Maybe the hologram thing in the throne room, like, extends like a TV screen, and that's the mirror. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, so Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan land on the planet, and Qui-Gon runs into the most infamous character in, 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 in the prequels, just in general. In the prequels, yeah. yes. Um, and so I know what I said about the visual effects earlier, and that the droids are great, but Jar Jar still looks like <laughs> the shit. The droids are great. The droids are great. <laughs> the droids are great. Jar Jar, on the other hand, still looks like shit. After, after, I mean, after 21 years. Uh, I feel like it is because it's after 21 years that yeah. he looks, you know, so much well, but worse. Even, kind of... even, even after, like, four years, because, like, Lord of the Rings was within, like, three years after... I think it was two years after Phantom Menace. And Gollum, yeah. Gollum was, like, bounds ahead in terms of CGI. So mm-hmm. that just goes to show what the technology was at the time and how, like... I'm sure they put a lot of effort into Jar Jar, but, and I'm sure it was, I don't know, revolutionary then, but it hasn't aged well. And I also think that, you know, technology advances a lot in a couple of years, so yeah. you never know. That's true. All right. Um, one of my favorite... I also love how um, Jar Jar brings up the, I know he says that he forgot he was banished. Yeah. From it, but he brings up the city, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, but uh, we can go there, but we shouldn't go there because I got banished from there." And it's just, I don't know, it made me wonder why you even brought it up in the first place. Exactly. Um, my favorite line from the scene is when is when Jar Jar's like, "Misa, speak," and then Qui Gon just responds with, "The ability to speak does not make you intelligent." <laughs> it's such a great, it's such a great diss. But it's like it, it's not intended like that. But it's it's so good. Qui Gon has well, the best lines in this movie. I swear. I think so too. No, another thing I love about this movie, I was watching with my mother and my sister, and every couple minutes they would just go, "Oh my god, that's where you got this quote from." <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. The, the, I think all the prequels have some pretty like good meme lines there, but that's just me. I know, right? Um, oh. Oh yeah! Another thing is, um, something I forget is that the Naboo is a is a like a race of of humans. That always that always slips my mind. I think of it as like the planet. Yeah. But then you hear Boss Nass refer to the Naboo, which is I know, right? It's just, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, but the planet is also called Naboo. Mm-hmm. So they just had got to be more clear about that. <laughs> um, I had a few ideas that I brought up here, like just questions that I was asking myself, mm-hmm. such as, um, why don't the Jedi take off their heavy robes when they're diving? Like they, those robes would probably. I mean, I mean, I know it's some sort of Jedi thing, but the, mm-hmm. the, those robes would definitely slow them down like a lot mm-hmm. when they were trying to swim downward. Uh, also. Uh, what do Gungan women look like? Are they like dwarves who I think they look exactly like the men? I think they show Gungan women. I don't think do they, they really? look all that different. Um, yeah, I think they look more or less this. Yes, they do. They do. I think in a couple of episodes of the Clone Wars. Interesting. They don't. They don't look all that different. Huh. That must get confusing. So like, 
it would have like, uh, they, like they look i think they look they look just different enough at least from what i see here yeah but uh yeah no, I, what if like what if like jar jar was like trying to like hit on a woman and then he's just like i'm saw a man saw and jar was like oh! <laughs> all right um, um another oh. thing i want to point out yeah yeah is boss nass a gungan yeah he looks totally different from the rest of them that's one of my notes from the end because like he looks he, he looks he, he looks like a frog Dude, he's an, I don't think he's a Gunkin. If he is, then I don't know what they did to him. Maybe it's like some specific, uh, I don't know, if you're the leader, you undergo some kind of magical uh, body transformation or whatever, but... Yeah. That, what the fuck is he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, also, this brings me to a good, another one of my questions. Are the Gungans a democracy or are they a monarchy? Because it, because it looks like they have, um, there's all of the, the people surrounding Boss Nass. They seem like sort of like a parliament slash like advisory type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, that still happens in a monarchy. Though, yeah, like, yeah, um, I know. Um, so I think, but like, because Boss Nass, I think just calls all the shots. Like, yeah. So, like, does he have a kid who's going to take over when he's dead? Or do they elect their new leader? Who knows? I, um, I, I couldn't tell you. And I so, mean, don't the, don't the Naboo elect their, their yeah, queens? Yeah, yeah, it's a weird sort of, like, constitutional monarchy type thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one an, another thing that <laughs> Obi-Wan brings up to Boston asks, you and the you and the Naboo form a symbiont circle. What the hell is a symbiont circle? Like it means that they, I think it means that they like they rely each on each other to survive. But I don't know. He, ne- I was thinking of that too. They never. Ex- he never explains how. Yeah, yeah. It just says that they rely on each other. And how does he know? How did Qui Gon and Obi Wan suddenly know like everything about the Gungans? Because Qui Gon's like he, you, I saved Jar Jar. He now owes me in the in your people's words a life debt. And like, well, Jar Jar said that. We, well, yeah, but like, Qui Gon, like, he sounds so confident in it. What if Jar Jar was like a, like, what if Jar Jar, like, Jar Jar is a fool? Exactly. <laughs> um, and when 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 Qui Gon says that, Boss Nas just looks at Jar Jar. I wrote this down, and he goes, "You saw have the life play with disinhibition." Yeah. I know. Translation, I mean, please. I rewinded mean, that like three times <laughs> just because I love the way he says dis and his. It's but, like um, what was I gonna say? No, but if you see Qui Gon, he like he gambles. He, he takes a lot of risks, you know. Yeah, I know. Like he he went on. He continued to fight Maul instead of like moving back a little bit and trying to get to where Obi Wan is so they could have a two v one. Um, he also, you know, there's all that business with Watto where he, he bet their entire ship. So yeah, I think I his confidence, even if he isn't sure of it, he knows it's probably his only chance. So he pretends to be confident in order to, um, or get what he wants, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. And I think that fits in with his character, mm-hmm. you know? It definitely yeah. does, yeah. And, um, let's see what, what 
I also, uh, if you turn on the subtitles, the way they spell a lot of the Gungan speech yeah. is just very counterintuitive. And I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. That's a whole page of notes we went through. <laughs> I'm almost to the end of my second page, dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Boss Nass tells the, um, tells Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Jar Jar, I guess, that he can give them a bongo to go through the planet's core to get to Theed City. And so um, Qui-Gon convinces him to let Jar Jar go with them, thereby ensuring that he remains annoying through the rest of the prequels. And so um, then, so they drive uh, the bongo to the, through the planet core, and Obi-Wan knows how to drive the bongo... I know it's like it's probably just rudimentary equipment, but mm-hmm. but still, and I mean, like I know, like the force can guide you, but that seems like wouldn't Jar Jar drive? I would not trust Jar Jar. I wouldn't that. either, <laughs> but I feel like Jar Jar would be might be better at driving it I mean, than Obi Wan. I feel like, and when you, I don't know, maybe it's like getting into like a different type of car or something, you know? Yeah. Like, if you can drive a Prius, maybe you can drive a Honda a Odyssey or whatever. I don't know, but... Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's it's probably not too different from flying other underwater vehicles. Yeah. Uh, I said flying. I don't know what the... <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so, so they go through the planet core. We get the always a bigger fish sequence. Um... And I just wanted oh, to... There was a deleted scene. Um, really? Oh, wait, no. No, 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 no. That's after, that's after. Oh, after. okay, okay. Um, I just want to bring up that the monsters, like like the sea creatures that try to eat the sub, they're cool as hell. Mm. They're so cool. They really are. Um, and I feel like... I mean, I know, you know, we don't want to extend the sequence too much, but I would have liked to see more of their design, because we really only see their mouths, um, mm. except for the first there is- fish. Yeah, there is one that you see, like, it's full, like, it's stand. I think it's, yeah, it's, like, stands on two legs and everything, it's just, they they do look really cool, I mean, like, the, it's a great design, but, um, yeah, um, right. and so then Newt Gunray meets with Sidious again, we get a lot of these little scenes throughout the movie where Gunray mm. and Sidious just sort of meet with, by hologram for, like, 45 seconds just to spout a little bit of exposition but in this specific one Sidious says um, I wrote this down Amidala is young and naive controlling her will not be difficult so I'm wondering if Palpatine knows about the decoy I don't think he Mm. does because later on um, the decoy is so after Padme reveals herself the decoy is in scenes with Palpatine so she's back to using the decoy so even though once she becomes a senator in the next one, everyone knows who she is. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the decoy is really supposed to accomplish in terms of fooling well, I mean, people. I like I know what the purpose is to to, to like yeah. act as like a like a like you know if people want to kill her they'll assassinate the decoy. That's messed up by the way. But really um, <laughs> but like I feel like. It's doing nothing in the eyes of the people, including Palpatine. So I don't know why she's using the decoy as like a public face 
because like if she's the actual yeah. queen um, if she were giving like a public beach or yeah. something then i could understand it because you know you're out in public among like a bunch of people exactly but yeah um uh, so anyway uh but when the bongo resurfaces there was this very unnecessary uh waterfall deleted scene really <laughs> where yeah no there was a waterfall it was about to drag the bongo off the edge um which makes you wonder how they like got up the waterfall in the first place, but whatever. Yeah, I know, right? And so they they all have to like rush out and, and escape the bongo before it goes uh, falling down the really? waterfall. Yeah. Interesting. That's Dang. so unnecessary. So <laughs> unnecessary. Um, and th- there's a reason they cut it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the Trade Federation captures Amidala, and so. Um, Amidala is looking out at the Trade Federation capturing the city. She's in her red dress, and then when she's captured by the Trade Federation, she's in a black dress. Did the Trade Federation let her change specifically for her capture? That's what I want to know. Like, were they like, oh, Amidala, come out with your hands up, but feel free to, like, change your dress first, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, another, another thing I noticed is one of the droids says, process them Take them to Camp 4, which uh, made me think, okay, so the Trade Federation hasn't had control of Naboo for too long, which means they <laughs> they've already have, set up, like, concentration uh, camps. They have, either their very first order of operations was to speed build a concentration camp, or they have portable concentration <laughs> camps that they can deploy on Naboo. Okay. And th- the worst part is, is that the latter seems far more likely just because I, I can't imagine you can build one that quickly. I know, right? Uh, There's also, in the scene where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon jump down and take out like those few battle droids that are guarding them, yeah. you hear one of them just go, don't. You hear, like, what? A, you Say that like, again? This, you hear this, like, don't sound. Like Homer I, Simpson? I, oh my, it's like a little bit deeper but it's yeah it was it was a very strange noise <laughs> i don't know I, it was yeah. yeah oh my god um anyway um so yeah so the jedi liberate the um uh, amidala seo bibble all of the naboo people from the droids um spare them the horror of the portable concentration camps and <clears throat> they bring them to the hangar and they liberate the the pilots and they take a ship they take the queen's ship and they go to and and they uh with intent to go to coruscant um so i have a note here that i'm not sure what it means but it was around this bit. I wrote, why do they send all their droids? What if they all get destroyed? See, I, I noticed something very similar. Is that R2 got into the position necessary yeah. to oh, fix Oh, that's, that's what I was talking about, the astromechs. Like, the other ones just stood <laughs> around, and they yeah. didn't... I don't know, at least to me, maybe they did something before they got blown up, but R2 yeah. moves in, he's in, he fixes the thing that you wouldn't be able to fix if you were an astromech on the other, like, three sides of the thing, so. Yeah, it's, um, I I, it's, so, 
they bring the astromechs up to the top of the ship to repair mm-hmm. the shields, and oh my god, they get taken out one yeah. by one. And they send all of the droids, all of them. Like, I mean, they might have other droids in another part of the ship, but I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what they would you don't do. See any others? Exactly. Um, I don't think they would bring a whole, um, like. I don't think they would have two separate chambers of droids. Another thing I don't get is, um, why, what was it, what was it, uh, how are they, like, the, the turrets that were shooting at them, they're accurate enough to hit specific yeah. droids on top of the ship, but they can't, they're not hitting the ship itself. And I don't, you know, just a little observation. Yeah. Um, so, so the hyperdrive, their hyperdrive's been damaged, so they have, so they can't go directly to Coruscant. They, luckily for them, they have to land on Tatooine, a remote planet in the Outer Rim, blah, blah, blah. Um, I wrote down, unfortunately, Ewan McGregor's acting is a little stale here. Um, he just seems a little emotionless, not as emotionless as Kira Knightley, but still not as good as he could be, and he is later in the series. Um... So then the Trade Federation meets with Sidious again, like they always do, and then Sidious introduces uh, his apprentice, Darth Maul. Um, and so Darth Maul, so Darth Maul steps in um, into the hologram. Was he just waiting, yeah. like, just off the hologram for Sidious to be like, my apprentice, Darth Maul, and then Darth Maul like, stands, like, stands in? Yeah, and it, I, I don't know how they... It's all for for the visual effect. Like yeah. you know, clearly Palpatine is a very theatrical yeah. person. Uh, so I would not be too surprised if he actually just had Maul waiting there. Yeah, but yeah, no, it is very very odd. Um, yeah, there's our introduction uh, to Darth Maul, who becomes um, the most wasted character in in this film. Yep, until they bring him back in the Clone Wars. Of course, of course. Um, and so they land on Tatooine and Qui-Gon and uh, Jar Jar go out to the uh, the local town it's not just Qui-Gon and Jar Jar Padme yes. and R2 come with oh yes R2, R2 R2 comes with so I wrote and down I don't understand why Padme went with the, I'm like I get she she's the queen yeah but the um, there's there's just no reason for her. Yeah, to well, go. <laughs> so 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 I wrote down Padme goes with them, and so if Padme is going under the name Padme, what is she saying her last name is? Because her name is Padme Amidala, but if she says her name is Padme Amidala, they're like, oh, that's the last name of the queen. What are you talking about? And, Who are you really? And do and do people not know the first name of the yeah. queen? Yeah. She, like, I feel like she should have changed her name at the very least. Uh, For sure, know, yeah. Just... yeah. It's definitely, there's definitely a lot of questionable uh, plot mm-hmm. elements that he didn't really probably think, right. think through. And we have to, I think we have to talk about Watto. Uh, yes, <laughs> we do. Um, the Jewish stereotype that he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So on Disney Plus, as I was watching, Watto's subtitles they start at the top of the screen instead of the bottom where you know subtitles usually would be. Mm-hmm. So they start at the top, and then halfway through this, 
through the scene, they, they just skip to the bottom. And I just found that very strange. Like, why? It, it, it has nothing to do with anything, but it, it just seems weird. Maybe because... it was more, um... Maybe it was farther, like, up when maybe. he was... Yeah, but also, Cause... like, none of the, um... Like, yeah, none of the other characters' subtitles are at the top. It's only Watto's. I just think it's very strange. Um, but Watto speaks in Hatties to Anakin, but Anakin mm. speaks English. So why doesn't so does he just Watto. speak in English? Exactly. So I, why doesn't Watto exactly, just speak I, in English? Maybe, maybe they just, maybe they normally just speak, maybe Hatties is Watto's, like, default uh, native language. Yeah. You know? Pro- well, I mean, probably, yeah, because Tatooine is controlled um, by the Huts, right? Like, I, I I speak Spanish with my Puerto Rican family, but uh, even though we all know English. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, another thing is Anakin says he came to Tatooine at the age of around three. And I'm curious as to where he lived before. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, probably something. I mean, they'll probably explain it in some expanded universe they book, video do, game, yeah. whatever. Um, and then, so, why are Toydarians immune to Jedi mind tricks is another thing. I, I don't know. Like, Who knows? For for plot convenience sake, so we can get the power. Entirely. Like, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> so, Qui-Gon tries to buy replacement hyperdrive parts, but Wado's like, oh, Republic credit stored the work on me, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I want, I want my money, I'm a Jew, blah, 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 blah. No, <laughs> Um, and so then Anakin talks to Padme, and I want to get your thoughts on the are you an angel bit. Uh, <laughs> it's just such a, a dumb I know. quest. I mean, I get that he like that he's like this hopeful little boy that, you know, doesn't know anything, and all he has is, you know, for lack of a better term, sailor stories of what life beyond Tatooine is. But that's just such. It it is clearly forced, you know. Yeah. It it doesn't. It, yeah. No, I'm I'm not a fan of that line. Definitely. Um. So. Jar Jar gets into some trouble with some pit droids. The pit droids are like yelling at him, and Anakin's like, "Hit the nose!" However, for pit droids, it's like like yes, it's where a nose would be on a human, but it's also their eye. So is it a nose like, or is it an eye? That's my it's, question. It's, it's an eye. It's just Anakin speaking poorly. Oh, no. <laughs> Anakin speaking poorly. Yeah. that's um, Another thing I don't get is Anakin built C-3PO, right? Yeah. But he built... He says, I built a protocol droid to help mom. Yeah. I don't understand how a droid with non-opposable uh, thumbs... Is going to help uh, his mother, who's you know a slave, and I imagine does a lot of manual labor. He's a sex droid. Shit. But see, no, <laughs> but on a more serious <laughs> note, we see him in episode two helping out on the Lars farm. So he could probably do manual labor, like lifting things. I guess. But, um, but yeah, he he doesn't ha- really probably have much use beyond. I don't. Beyond I feel that. like I feel like he could have built a better. Oh yeah, droid definitely. Not definitely, a protocol sure. droid. For sure, yeah. 
but you know, C three PO's got a three PO. So exactly, C three PO's got a three PO. Um, um, so no one can no one can kill a Jedi. I think we just yeah. have to point out that line. Uh. Yeah. Um, beforehand, though, when Watto says, you know, Anakin, finish that, and then you can go. Anakin goes, yippee! Which yippee. no one says. Oh. No oh, one no. says that genuinely and seriously. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, and when they first go into uh, Anakin's house, Qui Gon introduces himself, and it's thirty almost thirty eight minutes in. And it's the first time we hear Qui-Gon's name. And he's pretty much the main character of this movie. So... I was about to say, I have that written not here, but I have it written somewhere else. Yeah. It's that Qui-Gon, like, compared to everyone else, Qui-Gon really just shines in this movie. He does. He is, he is such a solid character throughout the film, and I don't think he's wasted at all. And, you know, Liam Neeson plays him perfectly. He does, yeah. Um, so, we get a brief little scene on Coruscant featuring Sidious and Maul, and mm-hmm. another cameo alert here, we have, um, Peter Serafinowicz, uh, well-known actor who was in Guardians of the Galaxy, a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. he is the voice of Darth Maul, uh, Ray Park, who does the physicality, the stunts, he doesn't, yeah. he, he doesn't do the voice, um, although I, fi- I find it interesting that Peter Serafinowicz did not play the role in, um... The Clone Wars. The Clone Wars. Or Rebels. Yeah. That was Sam Witwer, who was also who, who mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I find it interesting that Peter Serafinowicz played Darth Maul for his, I don't know, maybe five lines of dialogue this movie. Four, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, and this scene is way too goddamn short. It's like... Honestly. It's, it's just Sidious dispatching Maul to Tatooine, and that's it. But like, honestly, just to go back to what you said about yeah. Maul, I think... Uh, the most important thing about him, I think, is that uh, physicality, though. For sure. Uh, to, like, he, he's, he's basically silent, so a lot of what you see from him is just his movements, and it's all incredible shit. Great job to Ray Park. Yeah. Um, um, so, I one thing I want to bring up before we go any further mm-hmm. is um, Shmi Skywalker. Her accent is strange because the actress who played her, Pernilla August, she's Swedish. However, okay. Anakin has an American accent, and she's his only <laughs> she's his only parent. So why, So if 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 he's American, she would be too, right? Well, I mean, not always. I mean, you can have, especially she probably came from a planet that had that sort of accent and then moved clearly when Anakin was very young. And, uh, so Anakin never really developed that accent. It's like Dan's parents. You know, oh, his yeah. mother has yeah. a, his mother has an Irish accent. So does his father. Dan has no accent. Yeah. Interesting. But he's an American accent. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. <laughs> he has no accent. <laughs> Absolutely none. No voice. <laughs> um, um Another thing I, I noticed, I never noticed this before, is apparently Watto makes Anakin race. I, I don't know how I never picked up on that before, yeah. but it's just... Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, so, so... Speaking of Anakin, yeah, this is, like, the only time I think we see him as genuinely, like, excited and hopeful and all that before, you know, episodes two and three happen, and... He becomes a lot less excited and yeah. happy and 
hopeful, yeah. which is really weird because I was thinking about this. He's it's almost as if he's happier as a as a slave, which is like kind of absurd. Which is not the right message to send with this character. It's really not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's probably just because he's a child, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. But it's really weird thinking that like his happiest years might have been as as a slave. Yeah. Uh, when when so so Anakin's built a pod racer for this year, and while he's telling Qui Gon and. Um, his mother about the po- about the pod race the previous year when Anakin um, did not win. He said the reason he didn't win is because I wrote this down. Sibulba flashed me with his vents. <laughs> I want to know what that means. What? Okay, I think I may actually know what it means. Okay. There was this deleted scene yeah. from the pod racing scene. You see Sibulba um, basically shoot. Fire out of the side of his pod racer. It like I don't know why they took out these, but like they, it wasn't like there was poor CGI or anything. Yeah. Like these were clearly finished. Yeah. Scenes. I think it would have been great if they had left uh, this in as opposed to the waterfall uh, scene. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's what that means. And uh, also, we have to talk about the very uh, obvious elephant in the room: Christ-like figure motif that is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Conceived by the midichlorians themselves. Conceived by the midichlorians. I think there was it was either a theory or EU or whatever um, that Palpatine created Anakin. I think that's canon now. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just Because I think originally before Disney bought them it was Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Uh, but then I think they changed it to Palpatine to make it like to make everything fit in. Mm. more um but yeah so that so I, I mean that's definitely i feel like that's more present in this movie than the next two because it's not like it's never really brought up yeah. again it, yeah the idea of like that christ-like figure is sort of abandoned after yeah. sort of after this movie yeah pretty much um so qui-gon they, yeah so qui-gon goes to wado and makes a and gambles um, Anakin's um, well gambles the parts that he needs for against against. Well, I th- so I think he said it it was it was it was basically a, a win win for Wado. Yeah, it yeah, it was pretty much a win win for Wado because Wado gets the prize money minus the money for the parts that Qui Gon needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love when they're done making this deal, they high five. Um, as like a as, as as like a handshake type thing, I just I, I just find that so funny. Um, um, no, but when um, another thing, I just really love this uh, scene where Anakin is he's testing out the pod. Yeah, and you just like see him really excited. You know, it's working. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's working. working. And yeah. the music in that scene, I can't remember it very well right now but i wrote it down here that the music in that scene was absolutely phenomenal yeah the music i i wrote this down a little later the music in these movies are consistently solid you know john john williams is always at the top of his game and i think the phantom menace is probably one of the better ones yeah musically if you ask me yeah um, I'm also a fan of Revenge of the Sith. I think that one has. Oh, Revenge of the Sith movie. soundtrack, Sith. like yeah, yeah. Um, I have two cameo notes in the scenes oh. where Anakin is testing the pod racer. 
Um, Warwick Davis, who cameos in every Star Wars movie after oh, after appearing as Wicked. I, I actually know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 he um, played a spectator at the pod race, but beforehand in the scene where Anakin's testing the pod, he played um, Wald, who is a uh, a young Rodian who is uh, yeah. an- uh, Anakin's friend. Um, he didn't do the voice; he just played him physically. Yeah. But um, George Lucas's daughter Katie also played. Um, the only girl with speaking lines in that sequence. She sort of, like, she looks like she has braces. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Katie Lucas cameos. Katie Lucas actually cameoed in all three of them, and I, I, I think it's very interesting uh, on the article I read to see how she was growing up over the periods of these three movies, because in this one she plays the girl, in the next one she plays, like, a Twi'lek, like, dancer in the nightclub scene, and in the... Th- oh! Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> I know, right? And in the third one, um, she plays a senator. But, uh, yeah. That's somehow still only the second worst of George Lucas's children's cameos, and we yeah. will get to the worst one uh, later when we talk Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Darth Maul lands on Tatooine, um, and he sends oh, his out... Ship? His yeah. ship, the Scimitar? Yeah. Spectacular. Super cool. Spectacular. Uh. Uh, so he sends out a droid to find um, Anakin and or, 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 or mm. Qui-Gon and the Queen, sorry. And so I never noticed it before this rewatch, but be- but whenever Darth Maul appears before Duel of the Fates, he's accompanied by some weird like chorus whispering type thing. Like you can hear mm-hmm. it in the music, it's like cha-cha, cha-cha, like, yeah. like, like occasionally. I never noticed that before this rewatch. Which I think oh. is is very strange, but you know, I'm, I'm, like another reason, you know, it's unique to this. Like, like we never hear that again in Star Wars. So I just mm-hmm. think it's super cool that John Williams, you know, always trying his best. Um, All right. Yeah. So now um, I believe we were at the pod racing sequence, correct? Well, I think we skipped over something very important, and that is the midi chlorian. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. But uh, we can go into that one when. Qui-Gon explains it to Anakin, we can, yeah. we can discuss it then. Um, but if we're talking pod racing, the just a little fun fact, that yeah. chance cube that yeah. Watto brings up uh, that determines whether he's gambling Anakin or his mother is uh, four, and it has four sides, I think blue or red, and then two sides the other color. Interesting. So there was a two out of three chance that um, Shmi was, if... Qui-Gon hadn't used the Force, there would have been a two-out-of-three chance. Interesting. Well, yeah, because obviously Anakin, or Watto, was more inclined to lose Shmi than Anakin, because Anakin exactly. didn't she's, work, right? She's older, Anakin's younger. So yeah. That's yeah. slavery. For, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. Um, but I think the pod racing sequence definitely holds up. In terms oh, of yeah. visual effects, action, music, everything about it is still great. After also, all, after just, all I have a, I have a lot of very uh, brief notes before, like the actual pod racing, like yeah. in the pre yeah. racing thing. Uh, there's a kid that says, "This is so wizard." <laughs> <laughs> just such a funny line. That's I'm very, like, very nineties language, right there. I know, I know. I criticized some of her uh, acting. Yeah. Uh, but Padme does this look at Anakin. It was either at Anakin or at Qui-Gon when she finds out that Anakin has never even finished a race and it is the best 
acting in the whole movie. It is outstanding stuff. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. The the Jabba's wife. Is she is his wife? Visible. Is she his wife I, or is she his? Because it's it's Gardula the Hut who who owned Anakin and Shimi before Watto. But like, uh, is she his wife? Assume, is she his? I assumed it was because like Watto's gonna come exactly. out somehow. He has a son at some. Point. So he he has a wife. I'm assuming yeah. it was the woman next to her. And then another of the deleted scenes um, was just. Uh, a bunch of introductions of all the uh, of all the pod racers like they threw in so many more aliens in there Yeah, and uh, they talked about uh, how one of the mothers of the racers was in the hospital and and um yeah that was a yeah. like they introduce his family and uh, they come back throughout the scene later and it, it, it was really weird <laughs> wasn't that one of the guys who, who just fucking died later <laughs> I think he did, yeah. and I, I genuinely felt bad when he did. I, I was know. like, oh, his mother just got, he's got like three brothers, I mean. Does, oh. Doesn't he have like children too? It's like. You see his oh whole family, and it's yeah. so, oh, it so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god. Um, anyway, yeah, so anything else to say? I, I, I don't have many notes about the pod racing sequence other than. Okay, uh, there's got to be a better way to watch pod racing than just. Yeah, yeah. At the, there's gotta be a better one. Cause like you see, you see like half a, you see like maybe like 10 seconds of the race. Exactly. And I was thinking like maybe a rotating, uh, thing in the center. Yeah. I don't know. Um, how, okay. Anakin's pod must actually be the fastest as he claims it to be. If he was able to catch up to everyone that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now I'm wondering how a slave managed to get what well, I'm assuming are very pricey parts yeah. to build the fastest pod racer. I can believe that he built a pod racer. I'm just not sure I can believe that he M- built. Maybe he stole the them. For, maybe he stole them from Watto, like bit by bit. Yeah, but that's I don't know if that'll get. I doubt even Watto has parts for the fastest pod racer. It's true. Yeah. Well, he does. Um, he, he is the only one around there with a hyperdrive with hyperdrive parts. So yeah. I suppose if anybody were to have on. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, there was the Aura Singh cameo. I just kind of yes. wanted to point that out. Yeah. Um, uh, totally useless in the movie, but, you know, she's great, and, some, she, she's great and she's tus- great in Clone Wars. The green screen behind the Tuscans was pretty bad in that, I remember. Yeah. Um, and the Tuscans must be damn great shots if they can hit individual yeah. pods. That are moving, like, super fast. And... Uh, I think this is my last one on the pod racing scene is just pod racing scene 10 out of 10. Yeah. Fucking love that scene. It's, it's so good. It's There's great. all the like, you feel the tension yeah. and the race and the excitement. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, so Anakin obviously wins the race. They get the parts. Um, it, it moves very fast until they get back to the ship. There's Qui-Gon has a brief fight with Darth Maul, which I, I, I have really nothing to say about other than the fact that if, oh. if Darth Maul ignited the other half of his lightsaber, he probably could have killed Qui-Gon right there. Um, another, but he didn't. Another thing I just want to bring yeah. up real quick. Um, there was a scene where, they, this is another deleted scene, where Anakin beats up Greedo. Yes. Because... 
because Greedo um, said he cheated, I just wanted to bring that up. And somebody tells Greedo, watch it or you'll come to a bad end. So Yeah. Again, like uh, completely, totally unnecessary. But um yeah, I I mean I, I feel like that scene in particular sort of interrupts the flow post pod race in getting back to the ship and going to uh, Coruscant. Yeah. But uh But um another another few things before we leave Tatooine now. Yeah. There's this scene where it goes back and forth between first person three PO perspective, uh, when Anakin says goodbye to him. Yeah. And it's really weird seeing first person. Uh, yeah, like it seems sort of like. Do we need to see through the sort of half developed eye? We of did. The it was yeah. very. It was very bizarre. Yeah. And I also have to say, maybe it's just because I was watching it with my mother, but the uh, the relationship between Anakin and Shmi is uh, it's it's you're not, you 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 feel broken when yeah. when he has to yeah. leave her. It's it's tough. You really do. You, yeah, you really do feel feel for him. Oh. Um, and uh, since you're talking about the mall mall fight scene, I think mall mall is very clearly uh, better. Than Qui Gon when it comes to lightsaber, yeah. Because like you see Qui Gon at the very end, he's out of breath and you know, he, he like just barely got away. And then Maul is to and you see Maul like jumping around like he, the way he exits off the speeder is freaking awesome. Um, and you just see him like standing there while watching the ship leave. And he was actually supposed to briefly jump on to the ramp of the ship. Really. But uh, that was another deleted scene. It was very funny to see the like, um, the CGI animation of him running like straight at the camera. Yeah, like, it's like a seventeen second scene. It's very, it's very short. But yeah. Again, you know, I can see why that was cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it so, makes more sense for for Qui Gon just get away. Exactly. So as the. Um, our main characters are leaving Coruscant. We get a little mini Trade Federation sequence on Naboo. Oh, damn, we're just going to skip over Coruscant? Oh, no, 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 no. We're not skipping over Coruscant because uh, we get a little, like, like a tiny little Trade Federation scene on Naboo where the droid, where uh, Commander Droid is like, oh, we have located the primitives, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're, we're searching for this rumored underwater city. I'm very interested in how the Trade Federation found out about the Gungans. Like, ha- like, like, did someone, did someone in Naboo tell them? Or, like, like how... I mean, the Naboo have to know that they exist. I feel like, I feel like knowing they exist isn't the... I, I'm more curious as to how they actually found the city. Yeah. Like... Because it's all the way, literally, on the opposite side of the planet, as we discussed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So now we're on Coruscant. Hooray. Yeah, no, but there was this really creepy scene between Padme and Anakin while they're on the... While they're still on the ship headed to Coruscant. Yeah. uh, She's 14. He's 9. It just... It's weird. Yeah. It's very weird. (laughs) I made you this out of a Japur snippet. It sucks, Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) And, no, and then this is when the idea occurred to me. What if speaking flatly is just a Naboo thing for the <laughs> women? I like because, like, I don't know. That's I'm, I'm trying to come up with ideas here. Yeah, yeah. As, it, it, as it the trilogies, yeah. 
as the trilogies progress, um, Padme loses that like flatness of speaking, and the guys all speak fine normally. Yeah. So um, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of confused. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah maybe. Um. So we arrive on Coruscant. We meet um. All of the other Star Wars characters we know and love. We meet Palpatine. We meet Valorum, who no one cares about. We meet uh, exactly. we, we meet the Jedi Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Yoda and Windu are really the only ones that we really meet. The other ones are just sort of in, in, in the background. We do get some mm-hmm. lines from Kayati Mundi, which is interesting. Yeah, I was um, about to say, I think, I think he speaks with it. But um, just a couple of things. When they yeah. land on Coruscant, Jar Jar says it's pretty hot on Coruscant. Yeah. After they just came from Tatooine. <laughs> like, I get that they were in space for a while, but, like, you. Yeah, like Tatooine for a while. Pick, I pick, thought, pick so. a goddamn lane, Jar Jar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either that, or my mother thought he was talking about the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. I, I highly doubt that's the case. Yeah, I no. don't. Um, I am try- I'm, I'm not going to think about Jar Jar having sexual feelings about anyone in any way. Like, ever. Like, ever, and, ever. Uh, what is it? It's really strange, because you think of Valorum and Palpatine, and Palpatine's, like, the villain in the of the franchise. And so you sort of default to think of Valorum as this sort of good guy. But they mention that he's got like a bunch of accusations yeah of and then, yeah, 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 yeah yeah corruption that's so he's cl- he's clearly not much i mean he's I mean, a lot better compared to palpatine but you know it, he's, he's he's clearly not the prime politician yeah yeah i mean you know but he, that's exactly what he is you know he's he's he's, he's, exactly. he's a politician he does what he can to get power um are you ready to talk about the jedi the first jedi council sequence um Yes. Okay. So, Qui-Gon presents everything that he knows, you know, oh, I was attacked by a mysterious Mm. warrior, I have a boy, and um, Mace Windu says, I do not believe the Sith could have returned without us knowing. That's straight-up hubris right there. He's he's so confident in the Jedi's abilities to, um, to, to... like to know everything about the force mm-hmm. that and and that's what blinded them to the rise of evil you know and palpatine mm-hmm. r- growing like getting super powerful right under their goddamn noses um mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i just think that's interesting um that windu says that cuz i think that that sort of covers the jedi's blindness in in certain yeah. areas yeah it's like that's sort of a recurring uh, thing throughout the the prequels, I think, yeah. is is like sort of the Jedi's overestimating their own, and Palpatine points it out too. In episode, oh, especially in Episode Three, which is it's really weird because you know you think of the Jedi as like the obvious, you know, really wise, uh, morally upstanding monks, but mm-hmm. uh, they have their own flaws too. You know? Yeah. Um, it, 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 it was at this point that I wrote down in my notes that this movie moves really fast. It goes... I noticed, it, it I goes, noticed that too. Yeah. When, um, but that was a bit earlier, and I yeah. didn't bring it up. When they go to Gunga City, Yeah. I was like, this movie is moving like way faster than I remember exactly. it being. So it, it, um, it moves super fast, but it still has time for shit like Jar Jar's like shenanigans. 
which I just yeah, think is it, it like choices were made. Obviously, <laughs> uh, we don't need extended pod racing. We need uh, that. Oh, another thing I wanted to bring yeah. up is that like in the pod racing scene, there's this alien that like farts at Joe. Yeah, yeah. That got extended, I believe, in one of the deleted scenes. Um, it was in the pod racing scene where they're announcing like all the all the racers when they extended that scene. I think they also extended the fart. Um, and I'm very, very disappointed in uh, everything right now. But <laughs> yeah, just knowing that that happened. Yeah, in the lead up to the Senate sequence uh, when mm-hmm. Amidala is getting ready, I just wrote down Kira Knightley's acting in all caps because she's so emotionless here like even more than normal and like i like i don't want to like be mean to her but it's it's just i'm sure she's gonna care what you think so much it's not (laughs) engaging at all and like she's grown as an actress since then like she's like like everything else that i've seen her and she's really great but not this movie i wonder i wonder if they were told to like be yeah yeah it It seems like a choice doesn't it it does. It doesn't seem like she's doing that by accident. It genuinely seems like a choice. I wonder if they were told that. And maybe it's not their acting. Maybe that's just. It might have been a choice. We don't yeah. know. Who knows? Um, so, are we ready to go on to the Senate scene? Now? I think we are. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first off, I, we have to do a shout out to the ET. Yes. Uh, cameo. Oh, I have. Uh, so, so I did a little bit of research on that. Yeah. Um, that's. So apparently, they are called um, Asogians. That is their Star Wars species name, and George Lucas put them in because Steven Spielberg snuck some Star Wars toys Mm -hmm. into ET. And George Mm -hmm. Lucas said, "Oh, I'm like like George Lucas was like, oh, I'm gonna put ET into the next movie I make, and that turned out to be Star Wars: The Phantom Menace." So I just think that's it's very uh, very interesting and very amusing that Mm -hmm. they were in there. See, I know about his thing with Spielberg. I didn't know the name of their species. Yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is that there was another another deleted scene um, with Bail Organa when they're of no confidence. Yeah. There was a deleted scene where Bail Organa was supposed to stand up, but funny enough, it wasn't Jimmy Smith's really? playing him. Really? It was an entirely different actor, mm-hmm. and I guess they recast the role entirely. Uh when they did the next couple movies. Yeah. Which, I mean, probably for the best. Jimmy Smith was pretty oh, good he was, in that role. He's great. He's pretty yeah. great. Um, um, I have a note when when um, Amidala was talking about the blockade of Naboo and the Trade Federation senator was like, I object! There is no proof! And let's like, there's so much freaking proof. Like, the message that C.O. Bibble sent, the death, troll is, the death toll is catastrophic. Come on! That's like, they could have brought the message and shown it to everyone. That would have been, like, like, a, like unob- unobjectionable proof. See, I feel like if they did, though, then and they, they assumed that the message was fake in order to try to get them to do, to, uh, Con- contact back them, right? yeah. a response. So I'm not sure that that would have held up too well, but there was like plenty of proof that they could have used. Like all the communications from Naboo were jammed, so they couldn't reach out. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. 
Um, I don't have anything else for the Senate scene. Me neither. I just want to say, to preface this last bit, um, I have less to say, like, I have less notes for the, like, about the last act, um, which is pretty much now until the end. Um, you know, it was, it was, it's probably the best section of the movie, because it's, because it's the most focused, I guess. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a clear objective, everyone knows what they want to do, and there's a really great climax. So I think the Um, last act is probably the best of this movie. Right before we get to the last act, though, um, I noticed Qui-Gon says this when he's in the in the Jedi Council area. He says that there's little else Obi-Wan can learn. I think that's you know, that's interesting because uh, freaking Obi-Wan's at the very end of being a Padawan. I think yeah. the fact that Qui-Gon said that is what makes it believable that he never had to, you know, he was able to end his training right after Qui-Gon dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, when Palpatine comes to visit Queen Amidala, he mentions that someone else nominated for Supreme Chancellor is um, Bail Antilles, who is the senator yeah. from Alderaan, which I think is interesting because it's not Bail Organa, and it's not Ramus Antilles, not, yeah. who was the captain from the beginning of A New yeah. Hope. Yeah. So are, are those like Alderaanian names? Is, I feel like Bale must just be a very common yeah. name, and it's probably from the Antilles family. Family, right? Yeah. Right? Um, that's my best guess. Yeah. But I did pick up on that, too. It just seemed like they they just merged the two names. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely strange. Um, uh, oh, and we also have to talk about midichlorians, so let's not forget We do, that. yes. Um, I feel like we should talk about that now because my next note is about the little Trade Federation interlude on Naboo. Oh, my 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 next mo- my next note is just Maul in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So but so yeah. should should we talk about midichlorians first? Let's talk about midichlorians yeah. first. Um, right, I don't I don't get why they felt the need to try to explain the Force with like sort of a scientific quote-unquote like way of explaining it it just seems very bizarre and unnecessary yes you know, I, don't know, I felt like obi-wan's uh explanation at the very beginning of episode four was was good enough yeah um it was certainly unnecessary and i think disney was sort of trying to get us to forget that forget about the midichlorians with with Um, the sequel trilogy yeah yeah um but you know i i'm not too bothered by this addition to the canon just because you know like it's it's just an extra step you know it's just an extra step in seeing if someone could be a jedi and i mean honestly midichlor like they probably don't even matter that much i know like when i i what i do is I, I've, I've always just ignored their existence it is like it they don't really affect anything there was no like i said it was completely unnecessary and doesn't doesn't affect anything yeah um so with our little trade federation interlude here um okay so the the i believe it's gunray who tells sidious that we've captured the whole planet 
How long has it been? Like two days? They captured an entire planet in like two or three days. It's hard to tell how time passes in this movie. Yeah. I think, like, how long did they spend on, I think on Tatooine alone, they must have spent, a, like, what, a day or two? Yeah. Because like, you only see one night on Tatooine. You yeah. see one night. Yeah. And all of the characters just wear the same clothes all the time. So exactly. it's impossible so, to tell. Except for the queen. Except for the queen. Like, who, who changes into various... Like, like every, like every, every, like, five minutes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Plus, there, there's all that time that they're in space. I don't know how many... Yeah. I mean, but space travel is, like, near instant in Star Wars, I think, so... Yeah. Um... Alright. So, they... So, our heroes land on Naboo. And one of the first things they do is go to visit the Gungans um, and try to get them out, get them to ally with them. Uh, I have another cameo catch here uh, when everyone's standing around waiting for, uh, like, talk, talking to the Gungans. We get um, Richard Armitage from uh, the Hobbit movies and The Wire as, um, mm-hmm. as a Naboo pilot in the background. Um, he doesn't do anything or say anything, but... He's there. Fact, I'm pretty sure he's also in Castlevania. Oh yes, he is. He is. He's um he's Trevor. Trevor Bell. Trevor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I, another note for this scene is: Is it racist to say that all of the Gungans except Bosnas look exactly the same? Because they do. It's like they it's like they made one CG design and then multiplied I mean, it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually because like they have to make so many of them. Yeah. I doubt that they went by and made them one by one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Captain Tarpole and Yeah, well, I, I mean, Captain Tarpole has, like, the little, like, beard Exactly, like, thing. they have a few distinguishing features yeah. here and there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I don't know, it's, it, it, is, it is a little tough to tell some yeah. of them apart, but... I mean, there are only three main ones, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, for this, for the coming battle... Boss Nas makes Jar Jar a general. Why the fuck? Why the hell? I, I don't know. I don't like. Like, no did he like prove himself to... or something? He didn't. He didn't do anything. Like all he did was he went with some outsiders. Yeah. I don't even think Boss Nas knows about like that they went to Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um, um, I have really nothing much to say about the battle scenes. Other than they're oh, they're I've, they're pretty decent. Like up until Duel of the Fates, they're pretty pretty good. You know. Shall we get to Duel of the Fates then? Yes, of course. I yes. have nothing to say about anything. Good, else good. All right. I, all right. I was let, let, at this point, my mind just blocked everything out yeah. as I waited in heavy anticipation just oh, to yeah. see that yeah. beauty yeah. double bladed. Let's skip right to Duel of all the right. Fates then. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I just have Maul in all caps. Uh, yeah. Right when he shows up, that scene gives me goosebumps every time. It's yeah. beautiful. It's perfect. I forgot how well the um, the actual song "Duel of the Fades" complements literally everything in that scene. It's so perfect. Like it. Oh my god! I, I can't describe what was going like for me in that scene. Yeah, it's definitely the highlight of the film for sure. Oh, um, by by far, it's it's one of the highlights of the franchise. Yeah, um, but also it 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 serves as sort of a sort of a double like it 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 has a double meaning. It also highlights 
the flaws of the of this movie and the prequels in, mm. just in general. Like like we don't get enough sequences like this, and it just goes to show how big of a waste Maul is. Yeah. Uh, um, another thing that I wanted to mention is that the like in the prequels the the fighting I feel like it's very obvious, but the fighting is very the lightsaber at least yeah. is very very different. Like there's a lot more. You can tell there's a lot more action in like a pre like what you you don't see you know Luke and Vader going at it like half as hard as Maul and. Obi Wan and Qui Gon. I feel you know? definitely, yeah. And a fun, a fun fact is that uh, apparently they were moving like the when they filmed this, they had to slow it down. Really? Because the actors were moving too fast for it to be believable. Wow! So they slowed. They would because they thought that um, if they kept it normally, they. Um, it wouldn't. People would think that they sped it up in order to make it look better. Real, yeah. So they had to do the opposite. Interesting. That actually makes a lot of sense because, like, as you're watching it, it, some of it seems sort of like some of it seems sort of stylized, and I think that's because mm-hmm. they slowed it down a tiny bit. Yeah. There's that also this great sense. scene where, like, it just zooms in on each of the three fighters' faces. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why, but like you just like the emotions on each of their faces is just yeah, it's amazing. Um, uh, and so there's a fight. Qui Gon gets stabbed. Oh, I, I have a little bit more to say. Oh, actually. okay, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so um, Anakin's autopilot yeah guides him like straight to the. It guides him straight to the droid control ship. I, I have a feeling R2 is piloting it. Sort of I, I behind... Know. It said it was on auto. It yeah, said it was on autopilot. I feel so like I R2 is kind of influencing that just a little bit. Probably. Um, let me see here. Oh, okay, I have two more notes before we can get to Qui-Gon's death. Okay. Um, that scene where they're all, like, stuck by the, the ray shields sort of thing... Um, and you know, like they're all separated from each other. I think it gives us a great look into like the way, the way each character responds to that says a lot about them. Like, you know, you still see, you see Obi-Wan with his like lightsaber ready to go. He's, he just wants to rush in and help his master. You see Qui-Gon meditating and then you just see Maul eagerly waiting for, you know, everything to come down. Yeah. And another thing that pissed me off is that every single time this fight scene got interrupted, I just I know oh, no. it's it's inter- it, like it's intercut it, with the piloting scene. I would have rather they showed like, you know, the other three scenes first and then we get like the duel. Just uninterrupted, yeah. Just uninterrupted duel and I feel like that would have for me that would have been better. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. And then, uh, now we can talk Qui-Gon's death. I feel like it... Uh, I, I thought it was a reasonably impactful moment. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, he was like this great... Char- he was the best character throughout the entire movie. Um, and all of a sudden he dies and sort of sets the stage for Obi-Wan being the, the mentor in the next two films. Yeah. 
it's um it it's definitely um a turning point for his character mm-hmm. for sure and um a like a moment that you have to understand and or witness in order to fully understand his character and his character's journey i think mm-hmm. um when the, when when padme confronts uh new gunray in the throne room yeah uh there was some there was some pretty bad green screen first off there but then second yeah. off, she just has guns in her throne yeah like, I don't know, that just seemed like such an odd thing for Queen to have. And then, uh, next up here, I I feel like the ending to the lightsaber fight was a little unsatisfying, where Maul just sort of stood there as Obi-Wan leapt up yeah, and I cut have, him in half. I have that note, when Obi-Wan jumped up, Maul did fucking nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. I... I mean, I get that he, he probably underestimated Obi-Wan and was shocked when he when he did that. Because I don't think, you know, I think he uh, that's like a classic um, weakness of the Sith is that they underestimate their opponents. Yeah. But even still, that's such a... No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's... definitely. I mean, they had to finish it some way. I know they did, and like he had just killed Qui Gon, but I feel like there was a better way to do it than just have him. Definitely, definitely yeah. stand there for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, not saying it was the right choice, but you know, um, yeah. So after this, everything sort of gets tied up. Um, mm. The they capture the Trade Federation people. Anakin blows up the ship. All the droids. Anakin collapse. says, "Now this is pod racing." Now this is pod racing. Yeah, I'll try uh, spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> Um, and so Palpatine arrives after everything is done. Palpatine arrives on Naboo, and um, they're back to using the decoy. Sabe is back, and Padme is back to being a headman, which is a weird choice because now everyone knows. Exactly, she admitted to all of the she admitted to all the Gungans, yeah, and like yeah, and to Qui Gon Obi Wan, yeah, and they use her at the funeral too, at Qui Gon's funeral. She's, yeah. the, the decoy's there, too. Like, I, I know. Like, it's just when Palpatine's around, but then at the at the celebration at the end, it, Padme's Padme. She's the queen. She's there. So what's the purpose? What's the point? Yeah, yeah. There is the very public celebration, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll have Padme, but for the more private funeral, we'll throw in the decoy. Yeah. Um, another thing I, I noticed, it just struck me as so weird. I saw a Chancellor's Guard without, like, a visor or anything. You just, like, you know the, like, blue Chancellor Guards? Yeah. You just saw his face. It was, <laughs> it was, it was very... I was... I don't know, it was very weird. Yeah, that's that's um, strange. And then at the funeral, uh, Mace Windu, or Yoda, I think, brings up the rule of two. Yeah. And Mace Windu says, but which was destroyed, which I thought, you know, was a nice thing to add because yeah. it, it's a reminder that the Jedi don't know um, anything about, like, Sidious. They could, for all they know, Maul was the master. And so, you know, it's interesting to know, to, to remember that um, the Jedi don't know everything that we, the viewers, do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then last but not least, there was an awful, awful transition from the 
uh, funeral straight into the celebration. <laughs> yeah. It just, that was just such a, I felt yeah. like there was a better, there, there's a better way to transition Definitely. into a celebration. I but, mean, um, we, we know how much George Lucas loves his wipe transitions, but. Yeah, no, but. It could have. No, I'm not talking about like the transition itself. I'm talking about the two, like. Scenes back, back to back. Yeah, back to that's that's what bothered me. Like, yeah, it, yeah, definitely. It went straight from like morning Qui Gon to you just see like Gungans on the trumpet yeah. or whatever. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, definitely weird. Um, and so my my last note is during the celebration when Padme and. Um, Boss Nass sort of make peace, you know. What the hell is that lightning ball that Padme gives Dude, to Boss Nass? I was watching that, and I turned to my sister, I'm like, what, what do you, like, he just holds it up and goes, peace. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no clue what that thing is. It's yeah. just, like, it, it doesn't, I, I guess it must be something valuable, like, is it a trophy of some I feel like if they wanted to make it a trophy, they would have made it more obvious with like some, I don't know gold or or something. But I, can, I guess that would have cost money, and you can't just computer animate gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we end on sort of a confused note. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but all in all, Phantom Menace not the worst movie. I think definitely. Uh, not. While watching it, it was a lot better than I remembered, which sure. shocked me because the last time I watched it, it was a lot worse than I remembered. Definitely, yeah. But um, I think the reason I liked it a lot more than I thought I would is because the pacing was a lot faster than I remembered, Definitely, and I really yeah. like it when... I mean, obviously, this movie Dilly Dally's a little... You know, we're not dragging on... Yeah unnecessary things for sure yeah um so yeah uh this this was this was pretty good i think um, i thought it was a, i thought it was a pretty good yeah movie. yeah and um you know our, our 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 notes were pretty thorough i think and uh oh, it yeah. took us took us an hour and a half to get through <laughs> i was about to say yeah we <laughs> spent on uh, one movie yeah yeah so imagine what it's going to be like when we cover some things that we disagree on like the last. Oh Jedi. my god! When we get to the last, Jedi, that's gonna be like that's gonna be eight. We're we're special. we're gonna have to split it into like two or three episodes. It's gonna be. Oh, I think it's, so. It's too. gonna I be think we're gonna, Yeah, no, this yeah. is gonna be. Especially since we're probably gonna have guests for that one. Yeah. I think. For sure. I yeah. Uh, but for all those of you listening out there or watching, uh, thank you for doing that. If you've come this far, that's. We're very impressed. Like, great job, thank you. Yeah. We, we really appreciate it. <laughs> um, if you have any feedback, suggestions, opinions, just email us, feel free, uh, acrossthestarspod at gmail.com. And uh, we might do social media at some point. Maybe not, we'll see. Uh, I might have to actually get a social media. Somewhere. Yeah, 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 you might. I, I think I, I, I may have maxed out my, my, my <laughs> amounts of Instagram accounts that I can have. Sorry, I, can, I, can, I can take care of this one if you want. Yes. Um, so yeah, so for all those of you out there, thank you so much, and, uh, we will be back next week, if you have nothing else to add, Sebastian. I have nothing else. Alright, well, thank you very much, and we will see you later. Bye! Later, boys. And girls. <laughs>